Welcome into the Fairweather Podcast, where we discuss all things San Diego Loyal Soccer Club. How's everyone doing tonight? Uh, we are doing the Fairweather Podcast after our first match. I uh, want to say that we are brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network and sponsored by Roughneck Scarves and Icarus FC. Uh, and first off, um, Marissa, how are you doing tonight? Hi. I'm good. Exhausted. Long day. Um, I literally just scarfed down my dinner and I'm here. How yeah. are you doing? Uh, good. I also feel pretty similar to you as far as long dayness and I'm yeah. not sure if I'm quite over my weekend uh, between the loyal game uh, I had to pick myself up for the soccer's game the next day um, mm-hmm. and I know some people went out to the 1904 match so I know a lot of people are in the same boat that we are both uh, mm-hmm. we put it all out there this weekend uh, and we are both still slightly recovering um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let us uh, Talk about this past weekend's match, the the inaugural match. Um, I know I was in the supporter section. My arm is still sore from drumming. Uh, Marissa, you had a chance to walk around and kind of get a whole uh, feel of the place. Uh, So what were your first reactions uh, for this match? Yeah, so um, a little bit of background. I have been, like, I worked for a local soccer club, like, four years ago, and you know, the atmosphere and all of that, you know, excitement was kind of like, this was like a culmination of everything that we've been trying to work for, for years. And well, personally, I really loved it because I saw, I think on Insta, on Facebook, I tagged like 35 people Mm -hmm. that I like knew personally that I've seen around the football scene here in San Diego. And for me personally, it was just really nice to see everyone kind of come together for San Diego. And I think that was one of the expectations or one of the things I was really looking forward to. Um, but then I also got to talking to like people in line, like in the vendor lines. And, you know, I didn't uh, I didn't do the, the march in with the locals, just not anything personal. I was just, OK, like I'm going to go feel out the crowd and stuff. And I got to talking to this man um, named Chris, and he had just, uh, he had, uh, shout out to Chris, by the way, our other co-host, he's going to join in whenever he gets off his other call, so want to make sure that uh, we, he didn't drop off. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he uh, moved to San Diego from LA like nine months ago and heard about this, not a huge soccer fan, really wanted to like just support San Diego, and he was really into it. Like I got a little snippet of what he was saying. And, you know, maybe we'll play it on. I'll do another feature about the fan experience and stuff. But he was really like, this is nice, like nice vibe. And like everyone I talked to was really enjoying like the music and like how it was like kid friendly, family friendly. Um, And so like there was a lot leading up to the match, I, I think, in general, just because there was a lot of of hype. You know, they did really good in marketing and really bringing like all types of people. And I think there's an opportunity. I know a handful of people that weren't able to make it. So hopefully that will add on to the people that had a good experience on Saturday. 
So um, that was really cool. And then, you know, I walked around. I went to the local section, walked down behind goal. I was kind of talking to people over by the press box. It was kind of just really taking in the entire experience and not being able to watch every single second (laughs) of the match. Um, So that was really cool. Um, And we were surprised because we were – when we marched in, it's like an hour before the match. There's not a ton of people because people aren't going to show up. Um, right. You know, most people, most casual fans aren't going to show up an hour early. Um, right. So it was kind of sparsely attended at, at that point. And so you're just kind of in it. You're getting, you're, you're getting yourself set up. You're talking to people. You're working some stuff out. Uh, the game started. We're drumming. We're singing. And... Um, it was probably like the 15th or 20th minute where we kind of look up to kind of take everything in because the game mm-hmm. started out really, really hot and heavy. Yeah. And we'll talk about yeah. that in a second. But yeah. there was kind of like this lull a little bit. And all of a sudden we look up and the place is just slammed with people. Um, you can hear tons of noise, tons of fan engagement. Uh, watching it back on ESPN uh, mm-hmm. today on the stream, I was it was incredible to hear. I mean, you can hear the fan engagement throughout the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, people by the end were really bought in. And I think as, as far as an experience goes, both live and probably through the stream and watching it on TV, you can, you can tell that it was a, we were, mm-hmm. we were having a party. Um, yeah. I that, definitely think that like that came across on the stream as well, because you know what I watched it back today too. And, um, I saw some tweets from like people like in England and, you know, outside of San Diego and they were like, wow, we can hear you guys. And I don't know if that was a mix of the other group too, but mm. like, um, it was definitely like, okay, this is, it's not a library, uh, as some stadiums in England are <laughs> being, uh, we won't talk about that, but, <laughs> um, yeah, it's definitely something you know, that I was really pumped to hear one, like watching the stream because it's totally a different experience when you're there in person and trying to catch every single pass and, you know, all the players and, you know, just learning the numbers. And I think that'll come with time, but. Yeah. And I think that's something that Tyler Terrence talked about when he was on, we were talking about how do you call that match when you're not there, you're watching it from the stream. And he said, you know, you just Mm -hmm. crank up the sound noise in your headphones. And I can imagine uh, both Mike Watts and Devin Kerr had plenty, to, plenty to listen to in their ears. It was just like constant singing, constant drumming. Um, right. The fan reactions were great. They were uh, egging the team on, and I think uh, several players mentioned how important that fan experience was uh, for, right. especially you know you're toward the end of the match. You're kind of tired. It's the first match, so you might not be 100% match fit, and just having the the support around you really pushed them. Uh, through. Uh, so that's kind of, I, I probably would say that's the most positive thing um, that we can take away from this past Saturday uh, was just the environment uh, and how people brought it. Um, probably the least um, positive thing was uh, kind of the start of the match. Um, and I do want to put it in perspective, I do think you got to tip your hat to Junior Borges um, or Junior yeah. Borges. Um, Burgos. Yeah, that goal, man. Like, mm-hmm. I saw. I mean, I, I, I saw it and I watched it back several times, and I'm like, how? 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 It was, yeah. and you know, they tried that quite a few times in the match, and 
you know, they well, the were the first kick, yeah. the first kick of the match. Like it was like, Hey, Las Vegas is here, you know? And we're like, Oh my God, this is real. Like, right. We can't, we can't, uh, I mean, it's interesting though, because they have, they must've had some type of insight on that mm-hmm. because I felt like they tried, there was another time. I don't remember what minute it was, but like they tried from, like pretty far out again, mm-hmm. but like from the right side towards goal and like barely kind of like, I remember Fenlinson like kind of like jumping up really high and then falling really hard into the ground. And I was like, Oh my God. Like, and it, that was like when I was like right behind goal and I was like, Oh my God, this is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> they, know. they had quite a few shots, but most of those shots came outside the 18 yard box. So you look at some of these statistics and it's like, man, we gave up a lot of shots, but they were taking, you know, they're constantly taking long shots. Um, There's only a couple that were inside the box um, and one um, that hit the post um, in the second half um, that was probably the closest they came in the second half to getting a really good look at goal. Um, But most of their shots came from outside. um, And I, I think that speaks to, hey, we got a really solid back line, so we might not be able to get something into the box and do this kind of uh, play the ball through, but maybe there's some spots in front of the back three but behind the midfield line that we can get into some of these spaces and try to take some shots on goal. And maybe that was kind of what they were looking at. I think with the opening kickoff, though, it's like you know that the loyal are going to be interested in putting some pressure and wanting to start off on the right foot, and maybe you keep you catch them napping by taking mm-hmm. a shot, maybe you catch Jake Fenlinson uh, napping a little bit, and you put it on frame, which they did. Uh, but he was he was up for it, um, and kind of it was kind of a weird start to the game. Yeah, definitely. Um, and maybe they knew that Greenspan is like you know going to be a boss mm-hmm. and like not allow people to get back there, and so that's what they were you know, trying to, like, avoid. Because <laughs> anytime they did get back there, he stepped up, you know, while he was in, up until, what, the 33rd minute or 34th minute, I believe he was out. Yeah, it's almost like he has a magnet to his head. Those crosses just happen to find him every time. <laughs> and he gets them He gets them clear. And, you know, in the front, in the friendly against Pan, uh, Costa Este and Reno, and even a little bit at the beginning of this game, it seems like that he... The ball seems to find him. Now, that is going to be a little bit of a loss. Uh, Emra Clementa is a really solid defender, um, but I, he doesn't ha- quite have that same height and presence that Greenspan has. Uh, but fear not, right. fear not, loyal fans. Um, I think we'll be fine. Uh, I think we will suffer a little bit in um, some of the set pieces, and I'm, we're gonna, I'm going to bring that back toward the end about things that we noticed that maybe need some, need some work. Uh, positive note, though, um, in the 15th minute, um, yes. Yeah, Charlie Adams uh, scoring again. Um, going into the season, you wouldn't you wouldn't write him down uh, first, second, third, fourth, even as leading goal scorer on the team. Uh, but a beautiful touch uh, to to kind of take the ball down out of the air and just slots at home. I think we're fortunate that a couple defenders took themselves out. Um, on the clearance, but uh, what did you? Uh, I'm not sure where you where you were at the time, but what did you see on that goal? I was like in 110, like next to the locals. Um, I think I was. I don't remember, but I remember 
seeing the ball bounce around like down there and I was like okay like he can totally hit it like I see that what that space in the goal like and then like he's getting ready to hit it and I'm like yeah it was awesome I, I don't know like for me it's like um I, I haven't seen them play like that like I didn't watch any of the preseason I wasn't there so it was really nice to see them stay active down there in the final third. And I think that's something that, you know, they can build upon um, because it wasn't something like that they like broke through their defense. So if they can do that at, you know, other times without, without really like too much effort, uh, you know, and more uh, synchronicity between all the players, I think, we got a good one in Charlie Adams mm-hmm. or Charles Adams. What, I don't know because he was being called Charles Adams by Nate um, <laughs> in the PA system, but I'm I'm going off his chairs at Charlie Adams. So yeah, it was it was nice to see him do well. Um, I thought he was pretty positive on the night. Um, I thought Jack Metcalf played pretty well. Uh, Grant mm-hmm. Stoneman probably um, starts off the match a little bit uh, underwhelming. Probably could have stepped up. Uh, to junior on that shot from Vegas, uh, but has a couple of really good tackles at the end uh, of uh, the second half of the match. Um, who would you say was um, the star of San Diego? Uh, if you can pick one out. <laughs> I think, um, well, my star of the match was Joe Greenspan only because of how much impact he, he made on like the first 30 minutes that he was in. So, it's unfortunate he's not going to be able to be there, you know, for the next couple matches. I mean, I don't know how serious that injury is. He played through it for some time. Yeah. I think he got hurt on, like, a 13th minute. So he played for another 20 minutes. So I don't know how serious it is. But for he, me, it was Greenspan. Yeah, he did look yeah. a little bit um, ginger walking off the pitch at night uh, at the end of the match. But you know how those injuries go. You know, they're... You, you don't really know the extent of it till probably like the next day where they can kind of take a look at it and see. Um, it looked kind of quaddish, maybe. Um, um, Scuba yeah, Steve mentioned was, groin, uh, maybe. Yeah, when I was looking at the um, replay, like, I remember, like, you know, he took himself off. Like, mm-hmm. it wasn't a matter of, like, the trainer saying you got to come off. Mm-hmm. And then he was, like, really, he was, like, rubbing, like, his quad, but like a little bit higher. Mm -hmm. So it could be the groin. I don't, I don't know. I don't know, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, they don't usually put out tons of injury news in the USL. Uh, a lot of things are kind of kept, uh, pretty close to the vest. So it's not like you're like the NFL where they put out injury reports. Um, you might hear someone ask a coach about it. Uh, but a lot of times they keep stuff kind of uh, close to the vest as far as injuries, uh, locations, and uh, kind of timetables. So we'll have to see if the team puts anything out. Um, yeah, I do think I, I think Jack Metcalf had some positive moments, um, and Charlie Adams did did look good uh, in kind of that defensive midfield role. Um, I think sometimes he was asked a lot to do both offensively and defensively, um, but. I think scoring the goal does kind of boost you up a little bit. Um, he said he could have played a little bit better. I think the team as a whole could have played a little bit better. Um, and then speaking of Joe Greenspan, um, I think one of the weakest points uh, of the team uh, last night was their set pieces. Um, I think um, looking at some of these free kicks, 
Um, there was a really bad one in the second half. It was uh, they they were doing uh, Adams and Alvarez were doing these kind of um, these one like this tap on to kind of move around the wall, and it was okay. like. Um, Adams tipped it to Alvarez. Alvarez took a really terrible touch, and then the cross just sailed so far wide of everybody. Um, and maybe that's, you know, you are you don't have this big giant target man in the middle to kind of put it in, so you're trying to maybe move some people around. Um, so maybe when Joe's off, their, uh, their set pieces aren't quite as good. Um, but that was kind of the, the set pieces and kind of just putting it together in the final third was kind of my two big takeaways um what did you think about like the fouls like did you feel like there was a lot of chippiness i mean for sure i think um in general you're gonna see some with two teams that vegas is not usually good on the road so maybe they're trying to reestablish themselves as a good road team and loyal trying to get out there um I thought that some of it was a little bit chippy. I thought there were some questionable fouls and non-calls. Um, but, you know, and some of the times it was, you know, guy gets ball but, but plays through the player kind of deal. And it's like, oh, they got the ball. But it's like, yeah, but you still get fouled. Um, there were some, some couple really clean, hard tackles, though. Um, I thought Al- Alvarez kind of had a rough night at times with that. Um, lose the ball a bit and then would always press a little bit too much to try and regain it and end up fouling a lot of people. Um, I thought he had a little bit of a rough night. Uh, but as far as like physicality, um, you're probably going to see some, that was probably light as far as some of the USL games are concerned. Uh, like if you watch El Paso, Orange County from uh, Friday night, that got real chippy. Um, it's just guys trying to go out there and play really hard. And I think at the beginning you're trying to establish your, who you are and how you're going to play. And I think both teams, um, I don't think anyone got dirty. Um, I, I just thought some of the tackles were really hard. I thought some of the fouls were really hard. Stoneman had one right at the end where he's breaking up that counterattack. It just kind of kicks the guy's foot out from under him. Um, yeah. yeah, there was stuff like that all the time. Um, I thought the back end was pretty good. Like I said, I think if Vegas doesn't score in the fourth fourth minute, people are walking away from that match feeling right. uh, significantly different. Um, right. Th- that exactly. one, that one goal, especially early, kind of puts you in a bad mood for the rest of the night. And you're trying to fight your way back. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, the, the I mean, the energy was pretty good, at least from the crowd, from the locals. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was that was not. You know that didn't affect you guys, and thank God. <laughs> Thank God that that didn't happen because the broadcast would have, we would have been able to tell on the broadcast. But um, yeah, early goals do suck. I get it. <laughs> and I, I think the uh, watching it back, listening to uh, Devin Kerr, Mike Watts kind of break down the game a little bit. There was a lot of positivity that they pointed out as far as San Diego's play. It was like there's a couple times where it was the, there was a goal that kind of felt like it was coming. Uh, but then the, always just bad giveaways. There's a couple times we're just pumping the ball over the top. And it was like maybe they wanted to give up the ball to press. Um, you know, you dump it long, and if you miss it, then you uh, press and get a turnover. Like Para almost got one of those at the very end. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah. And that was like that back. <laughs> the back heel cutback was great, but maybe a little bit too heavy. 
uh, and didn't realize the guy was coming and maybe takes, you know, one step too many. Um, you'd like to see him try to put that on frame. Um, to me, uh, Moshabani looked pretty good coming in um, and had a couple good moments. Um, and who else? Uh, uh, Atueni had a really nice moment really late, uh, but maybe just, I mean, just a touch too heavy uh, toward the defender and the defender was able to clear it. So uh, there was definitely some moments of, of nice uh, play, nice buildup. I thought they played better when they weren't just dumping it over the top, but rather mm-hmm. playing it into space and kind of building up through the middle. Um, but, you know, there's stuff we can work on. And um, did you say, did yeah. you say who your player man, man of the match? Was? I got to I probably got to give it to Charlie Adams. You know, your first goal yeah. ever. Um, I thought he for the role he was playing. I thought he played pretty well. Uh, he's kind of up and down the pitch a lot. Um, didn't have too many mistakes um, and was really positive on the ball. Um, I think if he doesn't get the goal, I'm kind of looking at that right side of midfield, the Raul Mendiola, Jack Metcalf. I thought Metcalf did play pretty well. Um, but yeah, I got to give it to Charlie Adams. It's the first goal. I mean, I got some people watching on Twitter and they said Metcalf was there. Um, oh, we're, we're live on Periscope too tonight. First time on Periscope and YouTube. Um, Metcalf was, uh, their star of the match. Nice. So, um, yeah, we got two games coming up this week, so it's going to be a quick turnaround. Um, not a whole lot of time to focus on a lot or, or some of those things, but I think you focus on some set pieces. Uh, you keep working on your communication in the final third because I think it was the biggest issue for Loyal was it just we just gave the ball away a lot in the final third. Uh, build right. up, build up, build up, and then nothing. You didn't get a shot right. out of it. It's like, um <laughs> But uh, so we got two two games. Wednesday night is against Tacoma, and Saturday is RGV, and we're going to talk a little bit about those games. Uh, did you get a chance, um, Scouser and the team? Yeah. Uh, did you get a chance to check out either of those games? Um, no. So. I, uh, go ahead. You can. You did. <laughs> I did. I, I watched both did. of them. Yeah, I watched <laughs> both of them. Um, if people don't know, uh, the USL does put out highlight packages. Uh, for for the games, um, they do a pretty decent job of kind of hitting the big stuff. Um, obviously, there's no like extended highlights like you might get with like a Premier League or a um, La Liga where they have like these like 15 minute highlight packages. Uh, they're pretty much just your basic highlights. Sometimes they do a good job of telling the story. Sometimes it's kind of way too boiled down. Um, I do encourage you to. Uh, Check out the replays. They have the full game recaps or replays um, to get an idea if you want to kind of scout the next team and kind of see what they're about. Um, I would. On my homework list. You know, we normally do these things on Wednesdays. Wednesdays. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I think with uh, both of these teams are kind of in the same spot. Um, If you look at the score lines, it was like 3 1 Reno over Tacoma and 5 1 Los Dos over RGV. Um, I think that the score line doesn't quite tell the story. And there's some things that we, as, uh, San Diego fans need to be careful about, um, with, uh, with Tacoma, um, obviously people are going to have them pretty low. Um, and we've talked about them before. They're kind of a two team that has a lot of kids. 
but Tacoma looks a little bit different this year uh, than they did before. Uh, don't let that 3-1 scoreline fool you. Uh, they played really well in the first half. Uh, they went up early against um, against Reno. Reno scored the last three goals. Uh, Tacoma went up pretty early. Um, they play kind of a 4-3-3 uh, and put you under pressure a lot. Um, a couple guys to keep an eye on. Uh, up top, uh, they have uh, Shandon Hopiao. Um, he is a troublemaker. Um, you watch, if you watch the replay, they're calling his name out every, you know, every play, it seems like he's involved in it. He's pretty dangerous up top. Uh, they also have, um, where is he's number 90, not 98, 90. There he goes. Uh, Jesus Perez, uh, kind of was playing in the, that striker role. Uh, they have some really good young talent on that team. Uh, that can really put you under pressure. That's what they did. They played kind of a high line. And um, and San Diego had a little bit of trouble playing out of the back against Las Vegas. And I think if they do that again, they're probably going to have some of the similar troubles against um, uh, against Defiance. Now, uh, toward the end of the game, they did kind of wear down. And they did give up a couple goals. Uh, Trey Muse is their keeper. He's a really solid keeper. Uh, so they're a little bit heavier or better on the front end than the back end. Uh, but Tacoma at home is going to be going to be a tough place to play. So just be careful. Uh, don't. This is one of those games where you don't want to get too ahead of yourself. Um, and um, blisters are going are doing fine. I got <laughs> yeah. one really solid one. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I think this is one of the ones where it's like, oh, we're going to go in there, we're going to smash them. They're a two team. They're terrible. Blah. But I think it's one of those if you overlook them. Uh, and you don't have a whole lot of time to prepare. They're a good, young, hungry team. Uh, they got some MLS talent um, that's come out of their academy. Like I said, uh, be aware and kind of uh, check out uh, Shannon Hopiao. He was probably their best player uh, from that 3-1 uh, defeat. I think uh, the Loyal can go up there and put together a good game. Um, yeah, I, I mean, that's usually how it is. You always overlook those small clubs kind of like, happened to uh you know Tottenham last week um and then or was it no Liverpool Liverpool Watford Man City losing to Norwich yeah it's one of those one yeah it's it's one of those um it's one of those games that can catch you out I mean maybe if this was at home I'd be way less worried uh but tracking on the road it's the first road road matchup uh road game right get like one rest day really i think today maybe yeah and and hopefully uh they did look a little tight on saturday night so hopefully um they can kind of take what they didn't do well and kind of learn from it and highlight a couple things um i think hopefully coach landon donovan uh carrie um and carrie taylor and uh nate can get together and and you know you're gonna probably uh, you're gonna probably see a, a little bit of a lineup switch. Um, I'd be surprised to see Carlos Alvarez out there. Uh, maybe put in uh, Moshabane instead. Um, give you a little bit more pace to keep up with the kids from Tacoma. Um, Alvarez was was fine against some moments, but there was definitely there was a ball down the side that he just wasn't quick enough uh, to get to. So maybe he's um, you see a Moshabane. Maybe see. Um, the Atawene getting a start um, as well. Um, Lawal was a little bit underwhelming, uh, so you'll probably see a little bit of a rotation. Um, 
and uh, that'll be that'll be a tough match. Um, there are some watch parties, so keep out uh, an eye. Uh, I haven't seen them officially announced yet, um, but I know that uh, at the game people were talking about um, the team prob- uh, possibly having one, um, as well as the supporters group uh, trying to uh, trying to put out a watch party as well. Um, so keep your eye out on Twitter and social medias for those. Um, that's a good. That's a good song, Stevie. Ain't nobody like Mushabani. Makes us happy. Makes us feel this way. That's a good one. I like that. Yeah, that was uh, to to come back around uh, with the supporter section. That was one of the cool parts. Was some of the stuff was very organic, um, and people are kind of learning as we go. Uh, so don't feel uh, so. Don't be afraid of pitching ideas and starting chants and. I mean, Joe, Joe says no came out of like nothing. And now it's, you know, uh, it, it's, it's one of the ones that everybody, everyone knows already. Uh, so it's probably going to be a watch party for the Tacoma match. Um, so keep your eye out on where those are going to be. Um, it's a 7 PM kickoff and, uh, it's going to be, um, it's going to be, a, I think it's going to be a good test for your first road match and hopefully an opportunity to kind of build on the successes and make sure we're dang brew. Um, make sure we are uh, working on some stuff and maybe give give us a chance to uh, get our first road win of the year. Um, you got a score prediction for Loyal versus Tacoma and maybe like a, a player to keep an eye on? So my, my score prediction for this first inaugural match was 3-2, so I was way off. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I'm going to go 2-1, Loyal. Yeah, and do you have a player that might uh... for scores? Um, definitely Charlie Adams. I think is going to be there, and then Mendiola. All right, uh, I also uh, like a two-one score. Um, I think uh, without Joe, possibly probably not going to be in the lineup. Uh, maybe the back line isn't quite as solid uh, up against a pretty young, hungry team uh, that's looked pretty dangerous against Reno at times, especially the first half. Uh, the second half was mostly all Reno, so if you want to get a good idea of how good Tacoma can play, it's 45-minute watch. Uh, and I am going to go... Um, I think uh, Francis Atsuene comes through from and, and keeps going with his from his big preseason, um, and I think maybe he gets that late goal uh, to put Loyal up 2-1, to one, kind of what we were missing from... Last match to put us over the edge, maybe uh, Atwani uh, puts that last one in and puts us up uh, two to one. So for Tacoma, uh, we both have two to one. Uh, anyone in Twitter land or Periscope land want to make their own predictions? Drop them into the comment section, uh, and we will uh, announce those as we go. Um, again, to up the player to kind of keep an eye on for Tacoma is definitely uh, uh, Hopi Owl. And um, and depends on how well Trey Muse does um, in, uh, in goal. Uh, it'll be it'll be a fun one. Um, I was like, oh, someone has a prediction. No, nope, that's just it's us. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> um, just putting it in the comments so it's there. And then the other one, um, the next match is Rio Grande Valley, um, and they're almost a two side. Uh, they're again, we talked about them. They're kind of a hybrid two side. Uh, where 
Houston runs kind of the soccer operations, signing players, coaches and such. Uh, and then the day-to-day operations are run by RGV. Um, another one that's a surprising scoreline, 5-1, to one, doesn't quite paint the picture. Um, RGV had a ton of the possession. They looked really good and dangerous, uh, but got caught out a lot in transition. Um, they So they would put um, Los Dos under pressure, and then Los Dos would just break out and score goals. Um, they're a little bit more clinical uh, with their finishing, uh, which is something that we did not do on Saturday night. So, um, again, with that one, um, it was a pretty interesting match to watch. There was a, a killer free kick goal from Los Dos. They have, I think he was from the U.S. men's under-17 team. They have a lot of really good young talent um, on Los Dos. Uh, as far as RGV is concerned, um, it was kind of one of those... Um, Maybe not not a fair scoreline. Um, they almost scored a goal. This is one of those, it's on the goal line, keeper reaches back and swipes it out, and no one can tell because there's no goal line technology. Um, but there was a lot of really good um, offensive firepower from Rio Grande Valley, but, man, that defense just got caught out a lot, uh, which gives me a little bit of hope that we can um, do the same thing to them um, on Saturday, uh, Rio Grande Valley is a tougher place to play uh, away than at home. Um, so we'll see kind of who they who they uh, show up with um, as far as players are concerned. Um, and they have, they'll have full rest because they're not playing a midweek match. Yeah, that's the advantage that Rio Grande is going to have as far as um, a, a matchup is concerned. Um, mm-hmm. They don't have that midweek match. Uh, so they all they're doing right now is focusing on uh, focusing on us and watching tape and seeing uh, what they can do um, against us. Um, yeah, anything um, you want to add? No, I'm I'm excited to get more matches from Loyal and under under my belt in terms of watching them and and seeing how they play. I think it's. Long season, like they say. Right. But uh, it's exciting because now you're like, that was the first match. And now I'm like, okay, what's next? Like, who's going to come on? And, you know, so. And, and if, if you listen to Unnamed Soccer Podcast or mm-hmm. any USL thing anywhere, anywhere, they always talk about like the first 10 games. And it's something that if you are a fan of American sports and particularly like MLS, for example, um, you know, the, the not getting out of the gate hot isn't the end of the world. Like you watch uh, these, uh, a lot of the other top leagues in the world. You know, you lose a couple games at the beginning, and now you have to dig your way out to mm-hmm. to win. Um, to make the playoffs, you have to be in tenth or higher. Um, and I know that's not always the goal for us. Wasn't like, hey, we're gonna sneak into the play-in matches. Yeah. But it's something to keep in mind. Like last year, El Paso went to the Western Conference Finals and, you know, and took Real Monarchs on and, you know, fought really hard and got really close to making it to the USL Finals. And they started uh, one, two, and two. Um, Phoenix last year had like four draws in a row to start their season. Um, Orange County was in 10th or 11th place. Uh, with like 12 matches to go and ended up fifth. So it's going to be a long season. There's going to be tons of up and downs, especially for the middle of the West. Um, 
the positive side of things is, you know, we, yeah, we didn't win, but we're only two points back from first place. If you, you know, in in all reality, Um, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, make sure we're not pushing the panic button. Um, you know, six other teams lost. We have enough panic buttons to be pushed right now with coronavirus. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, it's like six teams won, six teams drew, six teams yeah. lost. So, yeah. I mean. Ooh, that's a 666. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and, I, I mean, yeah, we would have liked to have won against a team that typically doesn't do well on the road. But the thing with the USL is... One year a team can be not great, and the next year the team is you know a middle of the road playoff uh, playoff team. Uh, Colorado Switchbacks last year was at the bottom, and they looked pretty good in their match. Um, you know, so I I wouldn't worry about it so much. Real Monarchs lost, New Mexico United lost, and those are supposed to be you know top five, top six in the West. So it's one of those things where it's. Yeah, you would like to have seen them win. Yeah, it's important to start off the season well. Um, and they, you know, Landon Donovan was saying seven to nine points. You know, it's one of those things where, like, just focus on the next one. Let's go to Tacoma. Let's get a good win. Um, and work on the things you need to work on because it's a long season. Let's see where we shake out after 10 matches. You know, if we're. In the in the hunt, we're you know right around that playoff line. We're still in good shape, you know. If we don't win a couple matches, it's fine. If we draw a couple matches, it's fine. Like we're we're not in a position to challenge Phoenix for the top spot. You know that's not that's not our realistic goal. Uh, so just keeping that in mind, like and and not getting too low when things aren't going well, um, and then celebrating when things do like. It, it, enjoy those moments but i think also there's a lot of i think we did pretty well considering all the eyes and and like the coverage Mm -hmm. of espn and like even after the fact like there was an article in usl championship today which was nice and like the guy is it is it nick murray Mm -hmm. it was lessons murray yeah he like was talking about the experience and i think that's what i was hopeful for because i think that you know the play on the field is is one thing but like just keeping up the hype and like it's not just okay one game and then we're done right you know like you got to keep coming back and keep the energy and i know the players really appreciated that they all commented on it right um after the fact so like last year el paso was 13 10 and 11 and that was good enough for sixth place so like it, this no, isn't. I want to be first. <laughs> yeah, that was. Yeah, uh, we're, tw- we're starving for this in San Diego. We're like, we need to be the top. Twenty-four, so. four, and six with a goal differential of fifty-three, and they were in first place by eighteen points. Um, so I, I just think it's one of those things. It's like, yeah, there were some things that we can work on. There were some things that didn't look great, uh, but it didn't look terrible either. It wasn't like they got run off the pitch by a bad team. They got beat by a wonder goal that's pro- that's up for goal of the week um and is is probably if not doesn't if it doesn't win it's probably you know the the second best goal of the week and that's what kept us from getting three points and when you right. put it in that perspective there might have been a missed handball there were some you know issues uh with some fouls that might might have been called 
Um, and those things you can't really control. You can just control the play on the field. And it's really easy to be negative and focus on the negative. But um, there were some really nice moments. And I think watch. Uh, to, I'm excited to see them kind of put some stuff together uh, for yeah. Tacoma. What's up, Harry? Uh, Harry Austin. If you don't follow him on the Twitter machines, uh, hit him up. He's a San Antonio supporter and all-around great dude. Um, if you want uh, terrible banter, it's not for him. He's he's one of the good dudes. He's super supportive of everything USL. Uh, so you'll see his name pop up time and time again. Um, and, you know, when we get around to uh, playing San Antonio, uh, we'll probably uh, try to get Harry on to, ch- to give us some insight about uh, what's going on down there in Texas. And uh, congratulations on your win, Harry. Um, I know you guys were super stoked. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, we can we can harp on the refs a lot. Uh, you're going to get inconsistent refereeing in the USL. You got to remember that this is also a developmental league for referees as well. Uh, but there's a great interview on USL League One, or it's a League One Fun. It's a BGN podcast that covers the league in USL uh, League One, and they do an interview with um, a, a referee uh, official who does uh, training and does uh, evaluations. And um, you know they evaluate every year, uh, they evaluate every game. Um, so you're gonna get you know some questionable calls here and there, just like um, you know you got a guy who has a, a sitter in front of the net. Uh, he, you know, buries it into the crowd. Uh, referees are going to miss some calls here and there. They don't have VAR. Uh, compared to the Costa de Este match, I think this guy did better. Uh, there were definitely some things that I was yelling at the TV about, even on the replay. Um, but I, I think if we if we focus on officiating, it's going to be a long season. Um, and we'll, I'll call it out with no problem. Uh, if I see some problems, I thought... It was all right. There were definitely some calls I would have seen. I would have liked to have seen called differently, but um, there's the refs are no Mike Dean, so we're good. Right, right. I mean, you're gonna oof, there. There were some there. You're gonna oof, you're gonna see some terrible officiating. I'll just tell you right now. Yeah. You're going to see bad officiating. Uh, but again, like I said, it's. You know, you, you look at the guys who are officiating, especially uh, your assistant referees. A lot of, you know, some of them are kids. Like, they're trying to work their way up. They're getting in their reps, and they're going to make mistakes, um, just like the players on the pitch make mistakes. Um, yeah, and okay. I, I definitely, I have, bad calls. yeah, I have definitely Zapruder filmed uh, several missed offside calls, both uh, things called offside that weren't, and, things that probably should have been. Um, and the problem is in the USL, there's not great camera angles. Like you, any offside call, you're never going to get a camera angle. So you're like, well, if you rotate it around to match it up and um, it, it's, you're going to like, uh, I had like several aneurysms last year, I think over officiating. Um, yeah. They're going to be some bad calls. I thought he, yeah, there were some things that I weren't super happy. I wasn't super happy about. Um, but you know, you, you got your, your loyal color glasses on, you're going to see it one way. I'm sure if you ask Vegas fans, they would tell you he was terrible too. Cause he missed a bunch of calls, uh, against, uh, or for them. So uh, it is what it is. Um, yeah, like I said, you're going to have some terrible officiating this season. I promise, I promise you it'll be worse. So, uh, 
Just expect it. Right. If you expect it going in, uh, sometimes you just got to laugh. You're at, I'm, I am one that will yell at referees from time to time. I try not to. My brother was a minor league umpire for baseball, so I try not to yell at referees because I know they're out there trying to do their best. But, I mean, you got to give them give them shtick. Like, massive, like, red and yellow cards. Just, like, here, this is for you. Like, let's do our own <laughs> yellow and red cards. Like. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple of people I know um, from, I think they're in Pittsburgh. There's a couple of people who have those giant cards in Pittsburgh. Um, so, yeah, uh, I I, th- I want to walk away from this feeling positive. So, um, you know, there's a really good goal. Uh, there was some really positive play. Um, I, I think we have an opportunity against a couple teams that uh, we can probably um, – <laughs> We can probably uh, play pretty well against. Um, I just think that we need to kind of shake off the nerves, go out there and play loose. They felt really tight. Um, and I, I, I think, yeah, go ahead. I, I want to know what you're like. You were in the locals. Like, can we just like pivot a little bit? Mm-hmm. Oh, take a swim over your beer. That's awesome. I'm drinking water. I'm drinking water. Um, pre-beer. That's what we call water, pre-beer. Um, I'm good. I'm, I'm detoxing. <laughs> yeah, you're more of like a seltzer girl, though, right? Yeah, hard seltzers. Uh, White Claw, baby. Please sponsor us. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, like, what is your... So you were on the drums, like, uh-huh. the whole time. So I want to know your experience from that section. Uh, I thought a lot of people... It was, it was so fun. Like, it got to a point where... Um, there was a couple lulls in the action and we were just like, it was, it was kind of like a party. Um, you know, you're a little bit stressed out and you're amped up, but I, I, I thought the energy was really high. Uh, there's some things that, you know, some chance, there was like two different chants happening at the same time. Uh, but I think overall, I mean, I had a, I, I had a fantastic time. Usually when I go to soccer matches, um, for the USL, I'm sitting in a press box taking notes. I'm pretty far removed from the emotional side of, of the match. Uh, so it was just really fun uh, to hang out with other really passionate people that just want to put on a good environment and, uh, and and really make it a welcoming place. Uh, I thought there was a lot of really po- a lot of positivity uh, in the supporter section. Uh, there's a lot of positivity toward uh, the traveling supporters as well. They mentioned that as well. Like everyone was super welcoming. And personally, I hope that continues. Um, banter away, uh, boo them during the match. Uh, talk some smack about how they're singing and or not, they're not singing and we are, uh, but ultimately they're they're there for the same reason we are. We're there to have a good time and support the guys on the pitch um, and try to create a really good atmosphere. And it was so fun. Like I was exhausted. My arm still hurts. I have blisters, but I've never had more fun at a, a USL game than I did uh, Saturday night. Um, there's just so many awesome people around the supporter section. Uh, from the leadership to the people who just showed up to singing and dancing and clapping and and it re- it was it was just it felt like you were around family like it was it yeah. was we had just seen each other but it was it was such a good time and I encourage anyone who isn't in the supporter section uh, to think about it um, it is a different experience it is a different environment and I know some people just like to uh, to sit and take in the match uh, and and I think what's cool is 
there's there is no like judgment. It's not like oh you know yeah. this is how supporters are. This is the supporter yeah. culture, and there's a lot of room for everyone to kind of bring their own idea of what supporter culture is, and I think it reflects um, in the locals. It was so fun. Um, yeah, I just want you to show up. Like I think mm-hmm. you know I'm a super you know fan of all everyone and locals leadership. I've been there since the beginning, and I I'm really proud of what they've built. Um, but I'm not a stand stand and chant type <laughs> of person, you know. But I love seeing it. The smoke was awesome. Like I think it just really adds to the atmosphere versus everyone just like imagine everyone there just sitting. Right. right. And like maybe a small section of like drums and stuff. I think I've seen some people comment to the locals um, from they were sitting like towards midfield and they were like, oh, we want to know the chance. Like really awesome about the, you know, the the atmosphere that they created. So I think that that is cool because they're not going to move their season tickets. Right. In midfield. But, you know, they really appreciated that. And I think it really did help. Um you know, I didn't hear any negative things, but maybe that's just because I don't draw negativity into my circle. I'm like, oh, if you want to talk negative, get away from me, you know. But um, yeah, there was a couple there were a couple issues. Um, like one guy was kind of being a, an idiot uh, and there was some mm, on yeah. the if you watch or listen to um, the the stream, there was a question, a couple questionable chants um, on goal kicks um and but you know when we heard it where we were we took care of it immediately it was yeah. one of those like no nah, we're not we're not doing that um yeah and and, and i th- you can't control that like i think people are just used to that you know from maybe going to Sholos games or you know what they're used to but you know i think spreading positivity is mm-hmm. like the whole point and yep. i think it was a good atmosphere for any age i mean it probably too loud for the young kids but i you know, like there's young kids in that section. So yeah, Jerry, Jerry's one of Jerry's kids had his, his headphones. He was like kicking it there, hitting some drums. So yeah. there is a little bit of language, but actually, to be honest, it was, uh, it was pretty mild. There wasn't like, there was, you know, some of the chants had some, some F bombs in them. Um, yeah. but it wasn't like negative F bombs. It was like, we're having an F and party over here. Like it yeah, was, it was, exactly. It was very positive. Even some of the, like when things weren't going the way that we wanted it to go, it was still very uplifting and it was, it was very refreshing um, to be surrounded by that group of, Mm -hmm. of folks. Um, And it was fun. I think you're going to have that with when there's, you know, unfortunately when there's liquor involved, you know, there there may be people getting out of control, but it's not, it wasn't anything that I noticed and I was 100% sober. So (laughs) yeah, they do. I mean, they do a pretty good job of, of, I mean, there's, you only can buy a certain number and it is, um, -hmm. I, I think a lot of people are there for the right reasons that wouldn't allow that to get that way. Um, Mm -hmm. and then, um, you know, inviting some of the other podcast folks up, we saw them down there behind the goal and they, they came up and, and got a chance to hang out and it, it just feels very, it does feel like a family and it, it's yeah. super great. Um, yeah. After one game. So that's pretty exciting. Right. <laughs> uh, any non-loyal stuff that, uh, is going on with you, Marissa? 
Um, yeah, we could talk a little bit about, you know, this is real quick. I'm sure we'll expand on this, but the foot golf tournament is in April. Um, if you're not familiar with it's golf and soccer together and it's, uh, hosted by the, uh, San Diego EPL supporters group and San Diego foot golf or foot golf San Diego. So that I'm working on with, you know, a couple of people and we're, you know, working with potentially getting some, you know, some prizes from loyal. And then, you know, obviously if you support the local soccer community, they're, we're raising money for charity. So that's on my docket in terms of the next couple of weeks, next month and a half. Nice. Um, so that's not, not, not loyal, uh, but you know, half the people that were there that I knew were from EPL supporter groups. So, right. um, um, we'll talk more about that later. <laughs> Yeah, and then uh, we'll definitely uh, amplify that on our social media accounts when that gets all that information gets released. So if you're interested in doing that, uh, that's one of the positive things I would think about uh, the soccer community in general is the amount of charity that a lot of these supporters groups participate in is is super cool. Um, one thing I did forget to mention about uh, the locals membership, uh, they have membership cards and you can use them to get $10 soccer tickets uh, for the rest of the season. Um, Craig Elston put that out uh, at 619 Sports. Um, and uh, Two Balls and One Mic says sign them up for yeah, soccer golf. I'll reach out to you guys. Um, info. So if you didn't see that post, uh, loyal membership cards, uh, you just present them at the box office. You get $10 tickets for the rest of the season, I believe, also in the playoffs. Uh, so check that out. Um, you guys would totally win. Um, yeah, you would win because I'm I'm running the raffle prize. <laughs> I'm an organizer, so I would not show up. <laughs> and I and I saw how well you guys move around uh, a yeah. soccer pitch. So, um, yes, yeah, <laughs> he um, was totally like got that. He got that ball that went past the well, past the goalie or whatever. That was pretty cool. I think he was on the broadcast too. <laughs> That's cool. Um, so uh, finishing up. Um, where can we find you on the interwebs? You can find me at hashtag Marissa spelled out on Instagram and Twitter. And then you can find you. You can find me at a Underwood 48 on the Twitter machines. Uh, we got a recap dropping, uh, tomorrow, uh, for this previous game. Um, and I look forward to, uh, chatting with you guys either at a watch party or at a game coming up. Uh, check us out at fairweather pod.com um also please check out the bgn network um and then to share the love there are a ton of podcasts that are out right now uh, the locals have one two balls one mic two balls and a mic sorry not one mic and a mic um the <laughs> kept faith just did a tkf united which was really insightful with uh, cesar hernandez uh so there's a lot of good content out there uh download uh, check them out. Uh, we got to share the love. It's all one family. Uh, and thank you guys for stopping by and have a wonderful uh, night or day if you're listening to us tomorrow. Thank you. Good night. This and every episode is brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. You can find other podcasts on bgn.fm. The Fairweather Podcast is also sponsored by Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier to MLS. USL and US soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Tired of the same old uniforms and cookie cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, 
Sunday League squad, adult, or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com.